0: It's fair to say that in a time that is already anxious, we are currently in a moment that it is an even more anxious time. I mean, the, the president of the United States is currently refusing to acknowledge the results of the election that he lost and is actively encouraging state legislatures and the courts to disenfranchise hundreds of thousands of voters and to overturn our constitutional order without any credible evidence in the hopes of staying in power. And if that wasn't enough, health officials are begging us to adopt safe practices as state and local governments are imposing new restrictions as COVID-19 cases are surging even before Thanksgiving holiday. And all of this is happening after having already endured months and months of anxiety and fear and loss. In this light, it would have been nice if our schedule of readings had given us something a a little bit more uplifting. It would have been nice to uh, hear Isaiah pronounce Comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Or to hear Paul proclaim that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Instead, we hear, among other things, Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Instead, we hear, among other things, Of rejection and exclusion. And if you were already anxious before, then perhaps this morning's gospel lesson has not helped. For this morning, Jesus shares a story. It's it's not exactly a parable, because parables use common everyday examples. Rather, this story might be called an, an apocalyptic drama. In this drama... Jesus describes all of humanity being gathered together before the throne of the Son of Man in order to be judged. The judge divides this mass of humanity into two groups. These groups are not made up of ethnicity or nationality or belief systems. Rather, one group is made up of those who helped people in need, the, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the imprisoned. While the other group is made up of those people who did not help those same vulnerable people. The group that cared for those in need are invited into eternal life to inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. While those who did not aid those in need are sent away accursed. Here is a story that invites us into crisis. It exposes us to our own failures. It calls us to see that we have had an opportunity to help others and for one reason or another have not. It evokes an anxiety that we might, in fact, alongside of closing doors that a story might do this is not in and of itself a bad thing. If your role model is in life is Ebenezer Scrooge before his visit from the Christmas ghosts or Henry F. Potter, the the greedy banker in It's a Wonderful Life, then I actually hope this story Jesus tells does produce some anxiety in you. I, I hope that it helps you remember that God holds us accountable for our lives and that our choices in this life matter. And yet with this said, it is worth realizing just how much of the absolutely essential pieces of the gospel are missing in the, in the story Jesus tells this morning. We do not find in this story grace. mercy, or forgiveness. There is no restorative or transformative justice. There is no sense that Jesus gives himself for sinners, or that God makes peace and reconciles with God. Saved by grace and not by works. Whatever we might say about some sort of future judgment, this story that Jesus tells cannot be the whole picture because so much of the gospel is simply absent. And as such, while this story does not give us the whole picture of the the final judgment at the end of the age, it does reveal God's concerns. It shows us what matters to God. It shows us that God's concern for our lives is not so much about whether we believe all the right things, but instead that we care for and serve our neighbors in need. The judge in this story is not concerned about whether people believed in the judge during their lives. Rather, the judge is concerned with how he was served in the person of the hungry or the stranger or the imprisoned. And this is so, because the Son of Man identifies himself with those who are most vulnerable and exposed. He enters into solidarity with them so much that their plight is his plight, and their needs are his needs. He will not separate himself from them. To serve a needy person is to serve God, and to serve God... We must serve needy people. God does not separate God's self from those who are most vulnerable, and therefore, nor can we. For Jesus tells us that while in the future, at the end of the age, we will come to stand before the the great judgment seat of Christ, in the meantime, in the here and now, We stand before God in the person of the oppressed and the marginalized. We stand before God in the person who is hungry or thirsty, a stranger or naked, sick or imprisoned. If we long to know God and find God and serve God, and here's a story that shows us that one of the primary places we might find God is with the person in need. Here is a story that says we only come to serve the king of the whole universe as we come to serve those who are most lowly and most rejected. In this time of anxiety, one way of meeting the moment is by giving. We can greet the anxiety of this time not by retreating from the suffering around us, but rather by caring for those who are most exposed during this time of anxiety. We are entering the the so-called season of giving. And in a time of such profound need, we are called to give as we are able to do our part to help ease the burden of those who suffer. The giving need not be heroic rather as this story jesus tells us today shows us it can be ordinary in every day we can give to the church so that our parish family can meet the spiritual and physical needs of our community we can give to worthy institutions at work in our city or around the world to relieve the suffering of others And we can give the small gift of a meal or an article of clothing. We can give the gift of our presence, virtual or otherwise, to those who are sick or lonely. We can write a letter of solidarity to someone who is imprisoned or detained, letting them know that they matter and they are not forgotten. Ultimately, as we give to those who suffer, we are, in fact, giving to God. And each gift we give is precious to God and cherished by God. But more than just this, I believe Jesus tells us this story to show us that our ultimate well-being is wrapped up with the well-being of others. We cannot separate ourselves from them Their well-being is tied to our well-being. And Jesus longs to show us that to live in communion with God is to come to know eternal life. And one way we come to live in communion with God is in our service to others. We live in communion with God as we learn to give of ourselves. And paradoxically, This story shows us we gain only what we give. Amen.